College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old college hoops. Of course, we'll start with our thoughts and recaps from Saturday, which had seven, that's right, seven ranked versus ranked teams, high scoring, low scoring, all over the place, all over the place. Some comebacks, uh, Gonzaga now is down two games in their conference because St. Mary's ended up winning that game, which obviously is, is not really a shocker, shocker. But, you know, recently they've had their way with that conference. We will talk a little bit about, you know, the last handful of days as well, not just from Saturday. And then, of course, tonight, Big Monday, generally is ACC and Big 12. You kind of remember the Big 12 stuff. Um Miami's out to a lead over Duke, 17-7, to and I know my co-host is loving that. But at 8 o'clock at tips, Texas, number 5, at number 9, Kansas. That's going to be interesting. And, you know, next Saturday, I think we went from 7 ranked versus ranked to only 2 versus ranked, ranked versus ranked on Saturday. But don't let, you know, anybody tell you it's not going to be a good week because Tuesday we have four Rank versus rank games to, you know, on top of all the other interesting matchups that we got going on. So there's definitely a lot to talk about here on the College Ball Show. Before we get into it, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-A-Dope and download the show directly there if you don't want to or listen to the browser. You can find it in a variety of places under the Rope-A-Dope radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, and a variety of other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together without the cable or without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment and sports starting with 75 live channels for a limited time only. You can save $120 over your first year when you get any package and buy our Direct TV streaming device. Um, there's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Choose the Direct TV Stream package that works for you. And right now, the new MGM Plus, um, you can get the MGM Plus for only $0.99 cents for three months per month, I should say, by calling 1-800-531-500 or visit directtv.com slash MGM Plus today. All right. So, going to bring in my co-host here. Man. Saturday was wild, dude. Like we said, you know, on paper, it looked like it was going to be phenomenal. And, and when you look through, I'm sure there's a couple of uh, clean wins out there, no doubt about it. We did have some upsets and whatnot, too. Um, but there was a ton, a ton of tight games. Purdue goes down. That's the biggest upset because they were number one. They hadn't lost in a while. Uh, but it was still a very competitive game. Tennessee-Auburn, low-scoring but super competitive. Uh, Texas, Kansas State. Texas came back in that game. Uh, Kansas, Iowa State, pretty much, you know, a very clean win for Iowa State, who now has, what, four top ten wins this year, AP top ten. And uh, just a bright, you know, TCU dropped one to Oklahoma State. Clemson had a rough week. Miami went into Clemson. No, it's not Death Valley. It's an arena. It's not the stadium. There's no rock to touch or hill to run down and trip because that's probably what I would do every time or every other time I'd do it. But Miami gets the win, 78-74. Clemson comes back to earth. Uh, but they're still okay in conference. So, I mean, we had a hell of a Saturday. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about a couple of matchups from last week during the weekday as well. You're right, my friend. Um, we well, I remember I picked Indiana, so I um, that came through. Uh, if you've ever watched them play, they kind of have a very unique arena. It's kind of like a huge field house, and the, the stands are kind of like jagged and kind of like slanted over. It it looks like a pretty tough place to go and win. 
And obviously this is uh, an in-state game that, you know, they don't like each other. So that was a very fun basketball game <clears throat> to watch on television. Um, Purdue did go down 79-74. And if you were Indiana, they used their crowds to their advantage. Chris, obviously we've talked about this every week. Home college basketball is one of the best home advantages in all of sports. Like, it just there's an energy that maybe maybe kind of get matched with like certain like a soccer game like college basketball. I mean, I'll admit like NBA fans have like good crowds, but college basketball is just kind of like a frenzy. And Indiana came out hot. Um, the crowd got behind them. Uh, Purdue did make a bit of a run there back in the second half. It kind of looked like they might be in control, but there was never really a moment in that game where Indiana was like you know down and out or didn't feel they had a good chance to win. So. Uh, credit to the Hoosiers. Uh, Jackson Davis is a hell of a basketball player. If you're not sure who he is, you'll probably see him in the NBA, I believe, next year. So that dude's kind of been carrying that team for the last handful of years. Um, he hasn't really had that much help around him, but maybe this is the best year Indiana's had for a while. Um, no shock, they're 12-1 at home. But, yeah, 79-74, uh, number one seed goes down. I did just see they remained at number one. Um, that's probably because the number team's around. Number one team. Huh? Right. Number one ranked team, right? Not seed. Yeah. Oh, of course, they are the number one seed right now still, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but normally when a team does lose a game as number one ranking, they normally do go down to like two or three. But uh, I guess the pollsters didn't think that Tennessee's 46-43 win over Auburn was maybe convincing enough to take the number one spot. Um, speaking of that, Tennessee did win. In a very in a score that a lot of times you might see for the score of the first half of a game, especially kind of like for Big East and Pac-12 teams, or hell, it, pretty much anyone in college basketball nowadays can have a score that's 46-43 at half. Um, this game was 23 to 19 at half, and then 24-23 in the second half. I will say, um, this game and Carolina versus Pitt um, this past week were, and I hope this doesn't become a thing, but. Um, these were two games where there was clear blatant fouls at the end of the game and the refs swallowed their whistles. Um, when Carolina played Pitt, I believe it was this past Thursday, uh, Pitt, uh, Carolina was going, they were down one trying to shoot a three to win and the guy got his hand slapped hard. And in this game of Auburn, who lost Is by he three, okay? Is he all right? Did, hey, did he hit you, it you, hard? You, you got, you got to call it. If it's a slap, you got to call it. But he's and okay is, though, right? He is, but I, I still would like to see the free throws. And in this game, Auburn, um, the the guy jumped up for a three to tie the game, and when he he wasn't given a spot to land, like and, and he didn't kick out his leg. It was just like that dude like invaded his space, so it should have been a foul. So again, I know that refs are never perfect, but if that that whole swallow the whistle, I get that. Let him play the finish. But if you're if you're if you get hacked or if you can't land, those are calls that refs should make. But nonetheless. Um, Tennessee pulls off a victory. We were talking about this before the show. This is another year of Tennessee being a very talented defensive team. That's kind of been their DNA for the last handful of years, um, but it hasn't quite led to an extreme amount of success for a deep runs on playoff time because come tournament time, you need to have a, a, a pretty damn good offense. And I think they're still trying to piece that together. Um, I know my co-host did mention Virginia, but even hell, Virginia normally, even when they would play the crazy games, they normally drop like 58 or 60 a game. Uh, to win a game 46 43, that's, that's about as low scoring as you're ever going to see for a college basketball game. Chris, uh, Auburn shot 13 for 55 and Tennessee shot 17 for 63, two of 21 on threes and 10 of 17 on free throws. So, hey, gritty offensive or gritty defensive effort, but two of 21 and 17 and 63, there's, you got to fix a couple of those kinks on uh, offense if you want to be a little more successful when it matters. Yeah, um, I will say this though: that what do we we also let let's not forget they put eighty two on uh, uh, Texas, and you know Texas, pretty decent team. Uh, although yeah. my co-host doesn't really want to talk about that. No, but <laughs> back to that Indiana game. I mean, it was the first half, dude, fifty to thirty five. To use your yeah. point about first halves. That was it right there. I mean, um, free throws was an advantage. You know, credit to Purdue. They did, you know, uh, battle back. They won 39-29 in the second. So they did battle back in the game. 
But it kind of came down to free throws in that game. And, um, yeah, it's it. I figured that that was going to come. Now, did Tennessee win both of their games this week? Tennessee this week. So, like, did they lose to Florida? Yes, you're right. They did. They so, they lost. Yeah, you're right. They lost to Florida, sixty-seven to fifty-four, which is a pretty, you know, bad loss. I mean, Florida's okay, but Florida they're not incredible this year. So yeah, a thirteen-point loss. Not a bad loss per se, because they no. are getting better. And but but that's why I'm just saying that's why Purdue's number one still. Brought sure, you're right. And Purdue didn't lose, but Purdue. Purdue's loss was a better loss than Tennessee's. Correct. Correct. So. Virginia, speaking of, did go down uh, to Virginia Tech um, on the road, which that's always kind of a feisty environment. Virginia had a nice run going there, but it definitely makes the ACC more competitive. Obviously, Virginia would have liked to have that win when you had Clemson lose in back-to-back games this week. And, you know, it's one thing to lose to Miami, right, for Clemson. Um, that You know, Miami looks like they're a better team, uh, kind of more like they were were several years ago, um, but they lost to Boston College. You that, know? That's a bad one. And, I mean, we talk about, you know, looking ahead to next week or looking ahead, to, you know, in college football anyway, looking ahead, you know, down further the week going, ah, we kind of got this one in the bag. And uh, it just it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of just felt that way where it was like, wow, dude, you guys you guys lost to this team? Like, how did you lose to this freaking team, dude? I, that one kind of threw me off. Um, so, and we were wondering, hey, is Clemson real here? Are they? We remember we looked it up and say, you know, said when the last time they win the ACC. Well, luckily some other teams lost, so it's not like they lost the lead all the way. But they clearly have to get back on the good foot. That's for sure. Um, Texas at Kansas State. This was a really good game. Texas sneaks it out 69-66. They, um, you know, had a nice nice run back in the game because for a while, man, I mean, it was looking pretty damn good. I mean, they got off to, like, maybe 17-9 to start. They were up, like, 28-14. to I'm talking about Kansas State. And um, by the, you know, I think it, yeah, it was 36-25 at half. So that they definitely, to me, I was like, all right, well, you know, looks like Texas, you know, coming off a, a nice win that they may, you know, go down here. It didn't really look good for them, but um, I was pretty, pretty impressed with that team. And like you said, it is kind of, kind of hard to see what kind of squad they are, but we definitely got to start putting some respect on the Texas Longhorns basketball program. They got wins over Baylor and K-State last week. Can't really beat that as far as quality wins in one week, especially in the best conference in America. Yeah, and, you know, like I tell they're, they're – man, Texas is an interesting team. Um, some games they want to play fast. Some games they want to play slow. Um, again, their they're starters in that game versus K-State, like I, said, I, I just – they're not a good three-point shooting team. Their starters were one of nine. Okay, they did have uh, three threes off the bench, but but still four of sixteen overall. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, yeah, and, and but but defensive, it's I think they're kind of like you know you always like my co-host does a boxing show and he always kind of about styles make fights. I feel that Texas can kind of play in two styles. If if you are a team that wants to have a slow it down first team to sixty wins, Texas will play that way. If you want to have Let's see who gets to 85. Texas plays that way, too. And I just say it's interesting, Chris, because for the most part, every team kind of has their M.O., you know? Like, I, I just I feel teams either kind of run and gun or kind of a defensive-based team. Yeah, and, and you and were Texas, to it. Yeah, and Texas kind of appears to be both, which is very fascinating because if you look at their scores, they'll see a bunch of 85 to 90 games and then a bunch of games in the 60s. So they're a very hard team to put your thumb on. But when it comes down to it, they find a way to manufacture the, the manufacture shots. Like, it doesn't surprise me they only scored 25 points in the first half. But then on the road against a team who was 12-0 and 0 at home, you drop 44. So, again, I think they're kind of probably over the initial shock of the coach being let go and you know, probably 
got like all back on the same page there. Um, I do know that that Bishop, uh, who was, uh, transferred in, uh, from the Big East, he, uh, or transfer portaled in, uh, he had 14 points. That's, he had a pretty good game, actually, 6 11 off the bench. And, uh, so I, they're, they're a team that's a good team. Obviously, you have a point guard like Carr, who is one of the better point guards in the country that just distributed and take care of the ball. Um, yeah, they're, they got, they got their hands full tonight with KU. That'll be an interesting, fun game to watch, but I'll, I'll tip the cap. I was kind of ripping on them. I still think their offense at times is a little, you know, spotty, but maybe not every team necessarily, Chris, has to be a three-point heavy team. I, I know it's become such a trend, and when you look at college basketball score, box scores nowadays, you'll see teams are six of 32, but, you know, the coach won't be upset because, well, hey, three-pointers are part of the game. But maybe if you realize, hey, we can't shoot the three, that that's okay. You don't, not every team has to shoot. 33 is the game to be a, a college team. I know it's, it's almost a recipe that occurs too often now, but maybe Texas is, hey, we're going to drive attack, and, hey, they were 19-24 at the free throw line. That's 80% clip. That's that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and, I mean, it started in college first where programs would literally, you know, just be huge on threes, and that's kind of live and die by it. And Sometimes there's some programs that you're like, hey, you know, like Duke, for instance, some years they can do that, other years they don't. But you're right. I mean, Carr's really their only consistent three. Uh, they got a guy shooting like 34, 35%. I think he shoots it higher, like, in his career. But, yeah, it, it, it is kind of – it's interesting, man. It is interesting. Um, and just right there, Texas beat Kansas State. Kansas State got those two guards. Uh, just, just a quality program. I mean, they, they probably should have won the game if you look how the game was going for him, um, and then Kansas, who had gotten a nice win um, earlier in the week, goes down to Iowa State 68-53, to and uh, Baylor, you know, went against the scrappy Texas Tech team, took care of business 89-29 to as well. But um, Iowa State now, four, t- four different times they've beaten a top, 10 AP poll and uh, you got you got to tip their caps to it uh, like I said that I think it was it was a 17 to 4 run early in that Texas uh, Kansas State game that kind of uh, you know put them over the hump and then by that time it was like all right you're into this game but on the flip side you know Kansas I, we're wondering okay now they've lost I think four out of six they got a good win you know and, and protected their home court which is like you know even against top, I think he's eight. I think Bill Self's in his 20th seasons, 18 and four at home versus a, a top 10 team. Um, but then, you know, Iowa State turned right around and beats them, you know. Um, man, when you look at the, the most quad one wins in D1, Kansas has eight, Baylor has seven, Zona has seven, Purdue has seven. Iowa State now with six, and like I said, I think four of those are the only four that are, you know, top ten. Texas six, Xavier six, and Alabama six. Um, um, just for the record, sir, right uh, Iowa State is officially dead to me and my whole group chat because the game you forgot to mention that Iowa State played earlier in the week, Iowa State went to Texas Tech. Texas Tech's starting point guard was out, and their best big was out. Iowa State was up 23 points in that game, Chris. Guess who uh, our, our whole chat what, hap- what happened? Well, Iowa State was playing good ball, and we had them minus one and a half. And when you're up 23 points in a game with 12 minutes to go, you should effing win the effing game. And they didn't. Uh, yeah, Iowa State. So I, I, I've given them props this year, but they're currently on our shit list because – you blow a 23-point lead 12 minutes ago, yeah, you ain't a good squad. Now, the main issue that occurs to them is, and I, it was one of those sabermetric numbers I heard, but, like, when they are pressed, they're, like, the 330th, like, best offense for press. So they're, the biggest knock on them is, and I've seen it happen in a couple of games, where they can't handle the press well. Now, albeit sure. not every team can press, okay, and obviously some coaches shoot yeah. soon, some don't. But so you play I'm not a press that, team in the tournament though, and you only got a day to prepare. That that could be damaging. True. So they they have very talented guards, uh, but their man their freshman point guard had like Lipsy had an off night. 
Um, but you saw the wheels just came undone. Because, I, I mean, I know that obviously nowadays, like even NBA and on a given night, like no lead is ever safe in basketball. But a majority of the time, if you're up 23 in a game, you're going to win, not to mention the amount of time they have left. But Especially the, college, yeah. Yeah, and you're on the road. But, hell, there was that arena was not even 30% full. So it was one of those things where the wheels came undone and that, that Texas Tech started to press. And you saw just like the red lights go off in their head, like oh 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 uh, what oh crap up uh, up uh, shit, and you know you start putting up bad shots and you start going on a run. Hey, in college again, there's only four timeouts, you know, so you can't. I mean, you can only you don't want to waste them all, you know, to stop a run because you need them for the end of the game. And there was the, the guy broke the cardinal rule, which I always tell my my girls. In the press break, he literally ran like right up to the guy throwing the ball in. He was maybe five feet away. Under the basket, guy throws the ball into him, bounces off his hands. Go, uh, Texas Tech ball, they hit a corner three to make it down to two, and they forced an overtime. And of course, you know when when a game like that's occurred, Chris, when you come back from a twenty-three point lead, you know you ain't losing that game in overtime. Like that, that that was just as a gambler or a sports fan, like dude, you made that comeback. You, you got all the momentum in the world now, and Iowa State was just shook. So, uh that was a tough one. And then, of course, we all, just on a side note, we all um, cheered on Washington Wizards the night Kyrie got benched. The day before he got traded, Washington Wizards were up 22 against the Nets with no Kyrie and KD, and the Wizards blew that lead too. So, uh, yeah, I, I, some people just don't like holding on to games, my friend, but I'll, I'll stop my rant for now. But yeah, that wasn't a good yeah, bounce, don't, don't that wasn't a bounce back, no. though. Don't, don't get too we in this thing, okay? <laughs> You're you, I'm me, okay? Let's just calm down a little bit. <laughs> And I'm not talking about the Kyrie stuff, okay? I'm talking about the Durant stuff. But anyway, um, hey, Dallas got their guy. Um, yeah, I know. Anyway, hey, it's something. But you're right. Iowa State. Iowa State's on some uh, Timberwolves this year, where it's like, hey, man, we'll get up for the big games. The other games, True. we'll get up for the big games. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about the other games? No, nah, we'll get up for the. Who's the biggest? Yeah, we'll beat Kansas. Yeah, we'll, we'll clean out Kansas. No problem. I know. So you're right. They do. They. I think they're overachieving with what we thought they'd be per se. But in the same breath, like heading into the season, we thought they'd be better. They seem like they're going to be better. Um, but yeah, man, they they got to tighten that up. Um, and you know, there's a couple other games we'll talk about from last week too. Some interesting games in the Big East. Um, that Xavier, uh, Providence. There are some good games. Gonzaga goes down. Swinging, kinda, uh, but just got handled, uh, 78 to 70 in overtime. Not handled, you know, in general, but 17 to 9 is pretty much getting handled in 37 to 29 in the second. So you add that up. That's actually getting handled in the second half in the overtime. That's for sure. And Gonzaga looked pretty good. They were up 32 24. We spoke about this right before we hit record. Like you were saying, they basically had a lead most of the game, and they lost. Not a big one, but they lost. Yeah, and I, I was surprised they lost um, just because they were pretty much getting all the shots they wanted. Obviously, you're not always going to hit all your shots, but um, they were driving through the lane. Uh, Timmy was playing a good game. Uh, there was one guy in Gonzaga that was kind of just having a green light. And his green light should have been turned off because he jacked up a lot of just like poor shots. And especially, you know, I, I was thinking about, I was telling, talking to my coach about that. Um, and no matter what level of basketball you play, a, a bad three point shot, it is crazy how often Chris that can turn into an easy lamp going the other way. So there was actually a couple of like really poorly just poorly taken shots. You know, like, obviously, again, you can take a good shot and they can't go in, but there was a few shots where Gonzaga was kind of chucking up threes. And with long rebounds, sometimes you're not prepared. That led back to some transition points. And to give St. Mary's credit, you know, you've always kind of been the school people talk about of, well, if there's ever going to be a team to beat Gonzaga, it's going to be St. Mary's to win that conference. And every year they kind of get the hype up. They'll be ranked 20th and Gonzaga will beat them up. So, you know that game had to feel special to those St. Mary kids who are always kind of again they pretty much make tournament every year they might not they might win a game or two in the tournament well probably one but that had to be a, a nice victory and again overtime momentum much like the Texas Tech game uh, 
get uh St. Mary's was able to force in overtime. They had a nice little bucket off a, a good like little drop down dime pass there to force OT. And Gonzaga uh went to Timmy almost every possession overtime. It was a travel, some turnovers, some fouls. Uh they never really had a good flow going on in uh, overtime. So I'm sure they were partying a lot in that night for St. Mary's and good for them. And now we might actually see a different team win that conference for the first time in a in quite a while, my friend. Yeah, I mean their guards that was it the is it Logan Johnson, I believe. He 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 did pretty he had a really tough start. I think he's one of eight in the first half, two points, came back and had a good second half, and so did that uh Mahaney. He he was six of six uh, after starting one of ten. I mean they they were just they came out pretty damn cold, but they stayed in the game, you know. I think that was that was pretty key too. They stayed in the game enough. Um, and talking about that Xavier, just from what was that Wednesday or something? Xavier in Providence. Uh, Providence trailed thirty-three to nineteen um, with like maybe six or eight minutes or something like that to go in the first half. They came storming back, um, but they just couldn't get over the hump. And I believe wasn't Xavier? Yeah, Xavier was out that free mantle that. Zach Fremantle or whatever, he yeah. like averages like fifteen and eight or something like that. Shoots a very high percentage. Um, you know, he, he I think it's his foot. He had a foot. Yeah, he's out. He's out for a month. Yeah, out for a month. So to get that win, man, that's pretty damn impressive, dude. That that's showing your depth right there. That game was fun as hell. Um, I've enjoyed watching both those teams for the last handful of years. I don't know why I've kind of got hooked on the Big East. I know when I, when I met my co-host, I wasn't quite the biggest Big East fan. Oh, my time God, dude. He freaking – every time the Big East, they got 28 teams. They get 17 of them in the, in the tourney. It just every time with this stuff, and now it's the best conference in the world. So, yeah, that, that game was fun as hell. Um you, you've seen it to give my co-host credit. Um, and I forgot, you know, I watched Providence a lot last year. I thought they graduated their starting five. That Bynum is back and he's really helped out their offense because last year he took all their clutch shots and this year. Is he going to keep coming off the bench though? Uh, well, I, I don't, I don't, I think with the team they have this year, I think he's got to play more minutes just because they're not as deep of a team as they were last year. So and I'm he assuming. He's come back from injury. So yeah, maybe that's why. True. I, I think he got to put, I know he comes in, like I think in the second, half they put him in like three minutes into it you know yeah so but i don't know why not just start with him dude i suppose i don't know i don't know he still plays I mean, he's a six man but he, he's a hell of a good six man for now so but that that was simply just blow for blow punch for punch i mean that, that game was pretty much close the entire way so that was just a fun high scoring again overtime game to enjoy uh and bynum actually speaking of bynum he had a three that literally rimmed out uh with two yeah dude, that was down that yeah, it, it looked it looked good. I know that was a good look too for kind of shooting a, uh, an off balance step back three in the corner. Uh, yeah, I hope those teams play in the Big East tournament because they just seem to match each other pretty well. And whenever they play, it's high scoring affair. And it's a pretty uh, a normally whoever wins is by a single digit win. So yeah, that was a fun game to watch, my friend. And you're right, a hell of a win with Fremantle out because he kind of is there. He's a big. But he kind of plays point. He he does a good job of shooting yeah. the ball. He he, he right. can attack. He shoots threes. He's kind of a, a the the glue for them. You could say maybe not their best. Well, he might hell he might be their best player. But he he kind of glues the team together for a guy that's not really a point guard body type. So yeah, a good win. Both those teams are going to probably continue to be successful, and I'd expect both to make the tournament pretty easily. And also. Um... Keep it up with the Mountain West. San Diego State just wallops Boise State. Ooh, um, yes, forty-three to twenty-one, right off the bat, just just slapped them around. Wasn't really a contest. Um, so you know, I mean, that was a good win, but San Diego State's—it's not like they got it in the bag. You know what I mean? Because they had lost on Tuesday to Nevada, who Nevada's a solid squad. And when we go with the just in a short little bit, we're going to do the conference whip around, you know, all the conference standings race and all that. That was pretty big. Um, you know, we were hyping up Northwestern. Hey, man, hey, man, Northwestern, let's see what they got to do. Well, at Iowa, lost cleanly, got their butt kicked by Michigan, but they did get a dub 
at Wisconsin, who's struggling this year, but Northwestern swept Wisconsin for the first time since the 95-96 season. So I wanted to keep an update on that. UCLA kept it going as far as now they've won. Um, at home, they've won 20 in a row, um, and they're looking pretty good. That that we'll, we'll break down that conference. Was it? Did I read this stat right? The first time Duke and North Carolina have met with one of neither team ranked. Did they say 60 years or 50 years or some shit like that? I think I heard it's the third time okay. in like 30 to 40 years and neither have been ranked. So I it, was going to say, because I know there was somewhat recently. Yeah, thought, yeah. Second, it could be the first time, but okay, the third time. It's but a rarity, still yeah. A lot. I think yeah. it's like 50 years the third time, dude, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so that, that's crazy. That's, you're right. That that's a hell of a. Of course, it yeah. would have had to have been Coach K would have had to got there by then. So maybe yeah, six That's that's wild, dude. Speaking of that game, though, Duke beats North Carolina sixty-three fifty-seven. Lively was lively. Eight Jesus. blocks, the most blocks by a Duke player against North Kakalaka. Boy, that didn't go too good. Yeah. No. God, we missed. It, it, I had the flashbacks of Carolina teams that can't shoot threes. I mean, we we had the shots; they were there. We just couldn't shoot for shit. Um, that lively guy really impacted because obviously Carolina only has pretty good bigs. Um, whether he was blocking shots, getting rebounds, had a nice couple of dunks like that dude. He was the main reason why Duke won. I mean, Roach and Philip Philipkowski were okay, and I do enjoy seeing them lose at half right now. Um, but yeah, Carolina couldn't make their shots. And Caroline, you know, when I told you um, a bad offensive shot can be an easy layup, Carolina's transitions defense in the first half was awful. Um, there was a lot of just poorly taken, selfish shots, and boom, layup the other way in a second. I think the uh, Duke had 13 points in the first half on transition. Carolina had zero. And it's always kind of been the DNA of Carolina's to kind of run and gun. Um, we, we did not run and gun. We just chucked up bricks and they killed us and we lost. But what I do love is the fact that last year's Trump card, I'll never, ever, unless Duke beats us in a national championship, I, I obviously always want to beat them, but we, we beat you last year in the final four and sent Coach K home. So it, I'll, I'll never be too, too, too upset because I always got that card in my back pocket. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of excuses. Uh, 36 to 20. <laughs> Before Miami is up on your squad, so or I mean on on your not on your squad on your you know rival. So like you said, that that feels that, that's got to feel pretty good. Oh wait, actually it's it yeah thirty six twenty four or almost halftime. Yeah, fifty seven yeah. seconds left. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, like we said, Purdue finally lost. Uh, you know, can Indiana now close strong? You know. This win, they they they've been ranked and they weren't. They've been ranked and they weren't. They were supposed to be better this year. Can they kind of close strong with that? That's gonna be that's gonna be key. Um, what else? Oh, UAB, Florida Atlantic won on Saturday, but they lost to UAB. And Florida Atlantic was another uh, mid major that we talked about. That you know is 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 in there. So that'll be kind of interesting. Um, and then um, I still can't believe Clemson lost to BC. Man, that 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 was uh, that was pretty funky. That was definitely funky. Uh, let's start with the Big East though. And the oh, actually, do you have any more? Uh, do you have any more? You know, things you want to talk about from last week before we get into this wrap around? Then we're going to preview and predict some of these big matchups coming up. Yeah, the only other side note was uh, I'll see Houston did lose to Temple, and they played each other Sunday. Um, Temple was up at half on Houston. But in the second half, Houston finally said, screw Temple. I don't know why we're letting them think they can beat us again. And Houston pulled away. So there was not a back-to-back upset moment. And uh, Houston, again, they don't get maybe quite the pub of a Purdue and a Tennessee because they're not as big of a conference overall. But Houston is also a very, very good basketball team. So Houston made up for their upset three weeks ago and won this past week. So a nice win for Houston. And they're getting good at basketball. So what do they do? Da-da-da-da. They went to the Big Twelve. Okay, that, that's uh-huh. different. Football too. Football too. 
But yeah, I, I think that's about it. Yeah, I just props to Houston and they stay up top with American ten and one. Uh and Tulane and Temple and Memphis are all kind of chilling right behind them. Yes, sir. And, and you know, Xavier hold on to that lead. Now Marquette, it's eleven and two, both of them, in the Big East Conference. Providence nine and three, Creighton, Creighton nine and three. Uh UConn, you know, still ranked good good club. Not great, but good. Seven and six. Seton Hall kind of coming up there, actually above them at eight and five. So that's kind of interesting. It is still kind of weird to see Nova and Butler, but especially Nova down there. But kind of lines up, you know, if you look at, you know, losing your coach and whatnot, especially that he's been there for so long. But um, don't sleep on Creighton, okay? They have a six-game winning streak. They beat Xavier. A little bit ago, if I remember correctly, and they have, you know, they got a game, a pretty big game coming up, actually, um, which, you know, they got some, they have, they got to play Providence again, Marquette again, um, UConn, Seton at Seton Hall, so, yeah, they're, they're gonna, they got, the next three games are gonna be tough, next four out of five are gonna be tough, and it's not like you can just go at Villanova and just, hand them a defeat, but I'd say the Dark Horse right now, and when I say Dark Horse, they're only a game and a half out, but the fact that they actually beat uh, Xavier is the key there. And didn't they beat Pro- – I think they beat Providence, didn't they? They beat them earlier this year. They lost Ooh. to Marquette. Um, yeah, they beat Providence, Creighton. So yeah. they have a rematch <laughs> with them. They still have a rematch coming. So that would obviously, if you look at the seeding, that would that would help because they're they're right there in the mix and you know having beat Xavier you can't count them out six in a row. Yeah, that I mean the, all those teams are going to probably take turns continuing to beat up on each other. Um, I do think that Xavier is the best team I've seen play consistently all year. Um, Creighton keeps climbing up. They were kind of like a mid, I think they, they were almost like a 500 regular, a 500 conference record, but they're kind of catching their streak. Again, they were picked to be a top team to win the division uh, conference. They're kind of getting back up there. Providence as well. Nine yeah, you're right. They would have been three and three. They would have been yeah. three and three and they're nine and three now. So, yep. And, and UConn, they're kind of, kind of catch their rhythm again. Like they're still ranked 21st. Uh, the ranking shows that they deserve some cred. Uh, and then after that, it really just dropped down. Uh, Villanova had a heartbreaking loss to Creighton. Uh, they were they, they were in that game pretty much the whole game. They had a couple of shots thrown out there at the end. That would have been a nice win for them. And St. John's again, they're a scrappy bunch. They'll probably beat a few more teams who are we're talking about right now before the year's over. But they did not quite have these starts that are conference, which they've had for the last handful of years. So um, I think the biggest surprise is simply Marquette. Uh, maybe this is the best team Shock has had. They're on a five-game winning streak. Uh, they are three-point heavy like crazy. They don't have a stud big like he's had for the last handful of years, but maybe this is a group that they're gelling well. And, again, when three-ball hits are dangerous, but when it doesn't, you know, that's, the I guess, the one knocking them. I talked about three points and how Texas maybe isn't the best three-point shooting team. Marquette Jackson. And when they hit it, they're they're a good squad to, uh, that's a hard squad to handle. So uh, we will see kind of who emerges I do think, Chris, that someone will win that division. Or sorry, get back. I do think someone will win that conference. We're just not going to get this right. I tightened I, it up last week, and now, man, we we're both this back and forth. We go on this <laughs> section. What section are we talking about next? I, I do think that someone will win this conference outright. I think it will kind of split up because they do kind of take turns beat up on each other. But all four of those teams are obviously looking to be well. And Seton Hall, they're they have their. They, they they seem to be hot and cold. Some games will drop eighty and look great, and some games will kind of take some hiccups. So they're maybe the one team that's kind of like the biggest fifty fifty wild card, but they're definitely playing themselves into being a a bubble or tournament team. Moving on to the Big Twelve, which as a you know as a, a hardcore college basketball fan, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, just looking at how tight this thing is. We've been talking about several of these races, uh, but this is the best conference in the land. Now, obviously, it's not a thing of beauty up top for my co-host. Eight and two Texas, number five in the country. The team that you don't know 
what's you know which one's going to show up against who? They're, they are two and five on the road. That is pretty crazy with Iowa State. They're seven and three, but then you have four teams all ranked six and four, six and four. Six, I mean, this thing like to go down and be six and four on only two games out. I mean, this thing is still wide open, and, and I could definitely see a split, uh, maybe even a three-way split this year. Yeah, this one, I mean, God, the fact that all six of those teams are all ranked in the top and no one's ranked worse than 17th, like, holy shit. And TCU, you know, lost their lost their best player this past week, which uh, which is obviously difficult. And But, I mean, yeah, th- this conference is just fun. It's pretty much a guarantee <clears throat> that every game you get will watch to be competitive. Oklahoma State uh, whooped up on OU after OU whooped up on Alabama. And West Virginia whooped up on Auburn. So, and of course, Texas Tech, their one win of the year, come back of 23 points down. So, it is a strong, <laughs> God, it's still going to piss me off all year. It's a strong conference. Um, I got to my cap as of right now. Texas, despite their lack of three point shooting in my eyes, is um, uh, sitting atop the top conference in the nation. So I got to give them props. Again, I do think you kind of got your boat ship on the right direction after the, the coaching incident. Iowa State has some half court issues at times versus the press. And I do think that TCU and K State are playing better than expected. And KU. This is probably not the best team they've had. I, I bet it's been a long time since they've started off a conference play at being six and four. It's only eight and two, maybe ten and zero, oh, nine and one, seven and three. The fact that they're almost five hundred shows that hey, they're they're regular people. Okay, this is not the most immortal Jayhawk line. They're regular but, people, <laughs> but but they're still but they're still ranked nice. So like this is a down year for their standards. But they're still ranked in the top ten. They're still a good team. But you've seen you've seen them play games where, like against Iowa State, they had nineteen turnovers and that led to twenty Iowa State points. Like you don't see that often for a KU game. Like they, so, they're not quite as dominant as usual. But they're still neck and neck up top for the uh, Big Twelve. It, it's just people have gotten in such a habit of them continuously winning that every year. The fact that they're a, a step down. Is okay though, because now you're having literally a, a six dog race for, uh, which is again the best conference in the nation right now. Yeah, and they have quality wins. They were on they that do. list that I, uh, you know what I mean, that I that I that I named earlier with the quality quad one wins. Um, so you know we'll see, and you know they did pretty good last year. I don't know if you remember, but they did pretty good. They did pretty decent last year. They closed. I think they closed pretty good. I think they had a pretty nice <laughs> run. So, um, you know, uh, that, that, that happens sometimes, but yeah, you're right. It just, it's just nice because a few years ago, man, we were like, come on, dude, somebody else now, Baylor. And you know, we're, we're finally getting some movement there and just breezing by the pack 12, just to, you know, we're going to keep it on the West coast a little bit. We got Ukula, number seven UCLA, and number four Arizona, ten and two and ten and three Arizona, nine and three USC still. Uh, USC still goes against UCLA. We know Arizona beat UCLA not long ago, which is key right now. They're only a half game out, but they both have to play Arizona State, um, and then UCLA has to play USC. But they close the regular season. The Pac-12 does with UCLA and Arizona. So that is really looking like it's lined up, um, you know, for some goodness. And then, uh, you know, San Diego State in the Mountain West, 9-2. and two, But there's three teams that are just a game back. And a damn good squad in New Mexico that are two and a half game back. Once you get Patino in the, you know, in the uh, conference league in the race, and not as good, I guess. He's starting to fall back. But don't. That's just a shot coming from Minnesota because you can name five players right now that are having good years. Uh, but, you know, he had a 16-17 and 17 record with those guys. But it was in the Big Ten, so it was different. They're a good team. They're a good team. They could make, like, a run now. They're 4-3 and three, uh, on the road, 14-1 and one at home. So if they can put some wins together, that thing's wide open. But San Diego State just, you know, beat up Boise State, but – 
the team that's right below them, they got beat by Nevada. And Utah State, got to give them credit, man. The West Coast basketball uh, is looking pretty good right about now, sir. Yeah, Arizona, they're they're in their rhythm and flow. Again, I remember like thinking I should bet them to make the Final Four the way they played in Maui. And they kind of went a bit of a uh, just a conference slump where you lose a game on the road and you just look a little sluggish. But they're back now to scoring about 85-95 a game. Again, I don't know if their guards are good enough to win a title, but when that team's coming on offense and they have, again, four bigs that are all seven foot and two of those guys are like legit play a ton of minutes, that is a dangerous team to match up against just because most teams don't have the firepower to match their offense. Again, defensively, if you maybe are playing a team like a Tennessee, which is a completely different style, that could be maybe a difference for them. But if you want, if you want to play a run and gun team, uh, <clears throat> that Arizona roster is going to be hard to beat. Obviously, UCLA still has a couple people from their magical run a couple years ago with uh, Hawkes and uh, Tiger as point guard. That that's just a really solid team. They're maybe not quite as offensively explosive as Arizona is, but sure. they probably play a little more of like I, I guess you could say like a little more of a fundamental style. They're a little, they're definitely more of a we're going to run plays in our half court offense. Arizona's just going to go and chuck it up and try to drop ninety on you. So and but the Arizona's not as dependent on that one guard as they were last year. I remember putting up true. records with it. if he if he goes for this amount of points, it's like they have a better team this year. Yeah, they share the ball really well. Again, there's really not – I when, the few times I've watched Zona play, I don't feel like they're a one-man team. Uh, yeah. But they're they're definitely – they're going to try and run with you. In, in USC, too, they, they they play a little bit of a slower place, but they, they're, they're kind of running gun as well. Uh, Utah and Oregon, they're probably playing themselves to be kind of on a bubble contention. Uh, both yeah. have decent records. Utah's 9-5, Oregon's 8-5. Uh they're they're maybe not flashy, but they're winning their games on our home court, and they're they're Utah's four and four in conference and uh, on the road, and Oregon's three and four are on the road. So they're they're okay. And Arizona State, I love them. They keep winning me bets all year, but they're seven and six. They got down big to Oregon at home. They actually cut the lead down to one, and weren't able to pull it off. So Arizona State, uh, hey, they start off the year. They start off the year Yeah. But maybe yeah. they can get it going because they, they both play the, – Arizona plays both of the top teams still, so who knows? Or Arizona State. <clears throat> yeah, so that, that, that'll that be some fun ones. So, uh, and obviously no one else in the Pac-12 is really worth mentioning for a chance of a tournament berth. Uh, but, yeah, I'll be curious to see how Utah and Oregon finish the year out because they've not been ranked all year that I recall, but their conference records are good enough, and that conference is strong as it's been before. So will those yeah. schools emerge? And I would assume as of right now, Chris, USC – despite no ranking, would be a team in the tournament due to you have a win over UCLA, you're 17-6 overall. Like, I would assume I, – I haven't checked out Lenardi this week, but USC is probably a tournament team as of now. Uh, and essentially, I mean, they're tied or basically a game out of first – half game out of first place. So uh, they're, they're playing pretty good basketball. Yeah, and they've done pretty good there too. Like once they got into a tournament, they win a game and stuff like that. So I True. think that sometimes that, that's in their – you know – the, the, the folks' mind, too. On to the SEC, which is a basketball conference. It's not that good a football conference anymore. Just kidding. Georgia won. We know. Um, Alabama, still unbeaten. They lost that one game a while back. That's that's in the rear view. Tennessee, 8-2. and two. We've talked about them enough. Auburn, you know, who knows? Kentucky, they're 7-3 now. They were, uh, you know, they had, they've won on, I think, two or three out of the last four or something like that. Florida got a good win. Missouri's okay, pretty good. Uh, still kind of strange to see Arkansas that low of, of late. They've been so good. But A&M, don't sleep on A&M, who had a good start, have stumbled. I think they've been two and two in the last four, but they have the teams in front of them. Some hard games coming, but I think they still take on Tennessee and Alabama. So they could make a move and pass Tennessee. Uh, they're pretty good, man. They, like I said, they started out really good at conference. They're two and two lately, but they still got some big games on the docket. Yeah, this one is interesting. Again, talking about the way teams play, you want to talk about polar opposites. Again, Tennessee, for the most part, wants to have have play like a, a slow down half court game, 
and Alabama, Nate Oates is just saying, let's go run it, run it, and I'll shoot, I'll, I'll shoot you. Um, I think the biggest surprise to me is to see Texas A&M at 8-2. and two. Again, they don't have a ranking next to them. They are 16-7 and seven on the year. So they got they got a little beat up in the non-conference, but um, you're eight, you're you're in third place in a conference that's pretty strong. Like I, I would assume as of now they're probably in the tournament, but this is that one school that kind of is like, huh? Will they be around here in two weeks or three weeks? And is this a team that's going to be a tournament team or going to maybe have a little bit of a cold patch like you know Clemson had this past week or Northwestern right. did and slip up? Because I, I could. Uh, excuse me. Alabama, they're going to need the 12th man. What they're going to need. Alabama and Tennessee are in the tournament. Auburn, Kentucky, probably a little bit of work to do, but should be in. But A and M, it's like okay, like if if you can have a strong finish to the conference play over the next month of basketball, that might kind of make you uh, cover up a little bit of a slip up in non conference. That'd be an interesting team because uh, it's been. Yeah, I mean, it's even been quite if they a while. One of those games against Alabama or Tennessee, that'd probably do it, you know. Yeah, looking, they lost to Murray State and John Morant's gone. Uh, they lost to Colorado, one hundred three to seventy-five. Yeah. And Dion wasn't even there yet, yep. was he? I don't think Dion was there yet. You lost. Well, losing to Boise State, not a bad loss. Losing at Memphis, yeah. not a bad loss. Losing right. to Warford, not an awful loss. I mean, another loss. Colorado was a bad loss. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, a 35-point beatdown. No, Colorado is a bad loss. The other ones are they, like, They tightened okay. up, though, man. They tightened up in conference once conference started. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, they, they're, the only losses they've had lately in their past, let's see, six, uh, 12. They've, they've only had two losses in their last 11 games, and that was yeah. at Arkansas and at Kentucky. And Kentucky, that was kind of one of those games where Kentucky is like, dude, yeah, people in the rafters saying, "Hey, send Calipari to Texas." That you kind of walked into a hornet nest. That was probably a tough game for them to try to win, just because that was one of those things where, hey, where, where the schedule works out, momentum of college sports, the athletes, and human emotions. It was kind of against you. The Arkansas one, yeah, Arkansas up and playing the best of all. So it is a, a tough one. But yeah, how will Adam finish? And I, Chris, who do you think will overall win it? Do you think that uh, Bama holds on? To yeah, win the conference, or you think Tennessee might be able to catch them? I mean, they might be able to catch, them, but I think Bama will. I just, I, I think the pole position is A and M, just because they have the schedule they have left. It's tough, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but the games are out there to win, you know. So they could move past Tennessee. Um, sure. Big Ten, Purdue, no surprise. They finally did lose another. Game, so they're eleven and two. I'm still confident they'll win. Rutgers has kind of, uh, you know, gotten two games in a row now. They're fourteen and two. They, they're two and four at are on the road. Same with Iowa. Same with Maryland. Same with Indiana. Three and five. Two and five. Two and four. They got to improve on the road. We know it's tough, but you know Rutgers eight and four. But then you literally have what six teams, five teams that separate one, two, three, four, four five, six. Six teams at seven and five. Michigan State looked like they turned the corner early. Not so much late. They've lost back to back, and they just haven't. I'd say them and Wisconsin are probably the most disappointing teams so far. But like I said, six fucking teams at seven and five is pretty funny. It's pretty cool uh, that all these, you know, that all these damn uh, conferences are just so so tight. Um, and then ACC. You know, Clemson ten and three, but only a half game above Virginia and Pitt. And you know, Pitt bought their team. That's the, according to this. I think it's the coach of Syracuse. I can't remember that guy's name. I think they just hired him, right? They just hired him a couple of years ago. He hasn't been there, you know, since uh, Capel. Well, K- no, no, no. I'm talking about Syracuse. Oh, oh, okay. It's a joke. I know oh, who the coach of Syracuse oh. is. But okay, he okay. he uh, he was mad. He's one of these old timers that you know they've always had the advantage recruiting, and now sure. he's like, oh, Pittsburgh bought their team, Miami bought their team. Well, you know he they tried to buy a player for a lot of money. He didn't come, but he went and he called all those players or called all those uh, programs and coaches and said he's sorry. 
Well, maybe yeah. you should do a better job of driving on roads instead of worrying about recruiting. But you know, it, it's just it's funny these old timers. He's a Hall of Fame coach, hands down, just uh-huh. stud. But it's funny when the tables turn, how these guys knee jerk it. And just because Saban did the same thing. Saban Jimbo, yes. He did it way worse because he, what he, he is right about Pitt, but, but he was lying about the other stuff, uh, Saban, completely lying. Yeah. And that's where I have a problem with it. Uh, you, you know, I'll give you a little stick if you're like, oh, oh. But anyway, nine and three, both a half game out of Clemson. Clemson gave up that little two, uh, game cushion they had, but Virginia didn't take care of business. NC State, nine and four. Winners of four in a row, uh, 22 ranked team. Wow. Uh, right there, 94, 94, 93. I mean, this thing is even North Kakalaka is only two and a half games out. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I feel like they, they pretty much have the same team as last year besides that Brady Maddock who came from OU, which was like a godsend for that final four run. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe it's just, and they've been playing okay basketball, but maybe it's just that hangover of last year. Maybe you don't have to, like, turn on the afterburners yet. Maybe you're kind of coasting through the year. Um, again, they missed a ton of shots against Duke. They still have that really great big and big con. You have two guards who, when they want to, can make a team uh, go on a Final Four run. But it's it's a, like they haven't quite caught the flow they had last year. But, oh, well, we'll see. Um, maybe that was a, a literally flash in the pan. Um, the biggest surprise for me, I would say, Chris, again, is NC State Wolfpack. They're normally always a middle of the pack team, no pun intended, but they're ranked. Uh, they're a little bit higher up than people expected. They're always kind of the poor man's, you know, team out because obviously it's got to be hard for them to recruit overall because you always got Carolina, Duke with you right next to you, Virginia, last handful of years. So could this be a year where kind of like the little stepbrother of Carolina and Duke maybe outshines them a little bit? That, that's possible. And Miami, they're whooped up on Clemson. Uh, they're got a pretty nice lead on Duke. Um, that, that team is just kind of quietly every single year for about the past five, six years has a damn good team. You have a great coach. You seem to be ranked every year. You always have good guard play. You don't turn the ball over that much. That's like quietly one of the best teams in the country that just every year does it right the right way. And they'll probably win you a couple of games in every year March Madness, too. You know, They don't get much pub, but that team consistently is about as fundamentally solid as any other team in the country for being ranked and going to March and winning a game. And Clemson, okay, we've been talking about who we think holds on to win the conference. Does Clemson hold on, or does someone from the state of Carolina or someone else win that conference? Do you think they'll be able to keep that lead, or they're going to drift down to maybe – third or fourth place by the time this year is over. I mean, I don't – I like how you're asking me the questions, but you don't answer them too. Um, I uh, I don't think it will be someone from the state of Cal- or California. I know it won't be from California, but Carolina. Uh, so okay. you guys can get that out of your head. You know what I mean? Um, no, but uh, I, do, I do think they're going to come back – well, they've come back to the pack a little bit, but, yeah, I do. I, I think that they'll uh, – they're, they're, I don't think they'll win it. I'm not saying they're going to drop to fifth or sixth. Um, we should really we're, – we're at 58, Mark. we got to go. Okay. we got to preview and predict this stuff. We don't have to preview and predict Miami 47 to 26. My guess is that kind of goes with the, the North Carolina stuff um, and the Carolina stuff in general because uh, they need that win there to, to, to jump up, and, and Miami's looking strong. Tonight, Texas at – uh, what do you think? You think Clemson's going to hold, or are you going to just ask me questions that you don't? I think no. I, I think Virginia wins the conference. Yeah, I, I think it'll kind of go back to their. Yeah, I think Virginia wins it, and Cle, uh, Clemson fades away. They should make the tournament, but I don't think they'll pull atop the ACC at the end of the year. Uh, according to ESPN analytics, they've changed it. Fifty-five point six percent chance that KU will protect their home. This will be. What was that record? Seventeen and four to a top ten team. They got a chance. I think they'll be eight. Is it seventeen and four or eighteen and four? Either way, we'll call it nineteen and four at home against AP top ten. I wonder what the top five is because technically Texas is top five. If they go in and win this one, because we could talk about Kansas losing on the road, but they had just won. You know, they had just won a game to to Kansas State earlier in the week. So uh, four and a half point favorite. At home, over under 146.5. Uh, 
What says you about this game? I'm going the I'm going the Rock Shock Jayhawks myself, but this one's painstaking for you to actually have to pick. Yes, because I always pick both these teams to lose whenever we do our podcast, so I have to pick one to win today. Um, In basketball, always, football, you don't really like Texas, but you you don't mind Kansas. Yeah, Texas yeah, yeah, and, yeah. In Texas, uh, yeah, but for this one. I think, again, college sports is a game of momentums and ups and downs. And I think the momentum was KU got embarrassed. They had a really tough loss. You expect they're going to bounce back, and Texas maybe has a little uh, overinflated ego from the winning against K-State. So, obviously, they, they played great. KU played bad. So, in, in theory, normally, the way college sports works, our KU would win tonight. Uh, but will it be a high-scoring game or low-scoring game? That would be the curious part, because if Kansas wants to run, I think that might benefit uh, Texas less. I think if Texas make a slow-paced game, I think that would make it an advantage for them. So low-scoring game, I'll take Texas. High-scoring game, I'll take Kansas. I'll put Kansas to win overall. All right. There we go. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to just leave it in the wind there for a second. <laughs> uh, number 10, because I was like, yeah, that was smooth. That was a good way to do that. You should probably run as a politician. Number 10, Marquette, visiting, this is Tuesday, jam-packed Tuesday. Number 10, Marquette, visiting UConn. I got Marquette winning that game. Number 24, Rutgers at number 18, Indiana. We all know about the, the hangover. Now, at least they got you know, two days between students and players and maybe even coaches. I don't know the scenario with them, but they party. We do know that. A lot of partying going on in Hoosier land. Can they turn right back around and beat Rutgers, who's not a bad club, pretty damn good club? This means a lot in that Big Ten race. Um, I'll pick Indiana in that one. I'll pick Virginia. Actually, three out of the four I'll pick uh, home team. Virginia will beat NC State. That'd be huge for NC State. And uh, I, it's 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 not easy, but I think Kansas State beats TCU because TCU does have that little issue right now where they're not full strength. So I'll say three out of four home teams win it, my friend, on Tuesday tomorrow. I will take UConn. I think Marquette has a slip-up. Um, I think that's a very high-scoring fun game. I think that – God – God, that's the ultimate letdown spot for Indiana. Um, yeah, Rutgers didn't get on the road. Uh, Indiana wins a very close game. I'll take Virginia. And I'll take TCU to surprise K-State. TCU is a four-and-a-half-point dog. I think that they just slipped by K-State. K-State's had a ton of big games lately of wins and losses. I think that TCU sneaks that one out. So I'll go three home three home teams with one away and the way being TCU for me. There we go. The next night, Creighton at Seton Hall could be a slip-up. I'd say Creighton has, you know, all these big games coming up, but they got to get this one. Um, so that could be interesting. And then San Diego State at Utah State. That's a 9 o'clock game central. Kind of interesting there. I will pick ah, – man, I'm going to pick – I'm going to pick Creighton. Gosh, that's going to be a tough one, man. I'll pick Creighton, though. Um, and I think – I'm going to pick Utah State. I'm going to put Creighton on the road, but Utah State to protect the home court. I don't know. Seton Hall played like crap. They, they beat DePaul, but, man, they looked like garbage yesterday. So I'll take Creighton, too, and then I will take uh, San Diego State as well on the road. So I'm, I'm with you on that. There's the uh, Aztecs to win at Utah State. Speaking of hangover, right? Number 15, St. Mary's, on the road against Loyola Marymount. No, this is not the late 80s or early 90s. No, they don't jack up shots with plenty of time on the shot clock. RIP to the man for that. We all know who that is, St. Gathers. But Loyola Marymount did beat. They did beat Gonzaga. Is that a slip-up? I'm going to say no, but I think that's going to be a razor-type game, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take Loyola Marymount to win. I think, I think St. Mary's probably had the biggest win they've had in conference play in over a decade. Like that, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's the, they all, won it yeah. like, uh, 12 years ago or whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'll take St. Mary's they got to the lose. Lead too. You're right. They do have the lead in that conference. 
and I think that I think Iowa runs into Purdue, and that's a very fun high scoring game. I think that game is close till the very end. But Iowa, man, they, they just run and chuck. They're they're never a great defensive team, but I think that I, I don't think they, they no one can really guard Zach Eady. But I I think that's a high scoring like eighty like eighty seven eighty kind of win for Purdue. I think they'll be a little pissed off motivated, but it, look for a high scoring fun one for Purdue. And UCLA, they're on the road that night against Oregon State. They should whoop them up in advance to keep that lead upon the uh, Pac-12. And Arizona travels to Cal. So pretty much the top two teams in the Pac-12 we discussed today of UCLA and Arizona. They both play bottom of the barrel. I don't see either UCLA or Arizona slipping up in the middle of the week, my friend. Oops, great. I had my shit on mute. So then on Saturday, a couple games there, uh, I got uh, Creighton protecting uh, the home court against UConn, but that could be scrappy. Uh, scrappy. Could could Auburn shock Alabama, who hasn't lost in conference? I don't know. I'm not going to call it. I like Virginia to beat Duke. Baylor's going to go into TCU and win as well, my friend. I do, I do think Creighton beats UConn. They've just been playing much more consistent basketball of late. Um, I, and this, this Duke team, they're not quite as explosive as teams they've had in the past. They do got that good center in Phil Kowski, but they're not a three point heavy team, which for them, like that makes it difficult, you know, for them to beat a team like Virginia. And for my upset, I think that Mizzou walks into Tennessee and wins. Uh, Mizzou's been playing pretty good ball and they're normally a very much of a, like a home strong based team, but I think Tennessee's due for a bit of a slip up at home. And I think that somehow uh, they pull that off. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with – Saturday, you're right. It's not quite as low as last Saturday, but still a bunch of good games. Did you did yeah, you predict the you uh, – did you predict the Baylor-TCU? Yeah, I got Baylor. Okay. I'll take T I mean, I'll take TCU. I'm, I'm going to think – I think TCU has a good week. I think they were able to knock out K-State, a sneaky one, and I think they're able to beat Baylor as well. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just on the TCU Horn Frogs this week to have a little magic like their football team had this year. There you have it. Why don't you uh, get us out of here, sir? All right. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, the, the cold weather in Texas has passed, but it did give me four days at home this week to watch a ton of college basketball, so wow. I always enjoyed that. I know. Four days. We, from Tuesday crazy. to Friday, the roads were icy, and we had, we had to be safe and stay at home, and I watched a ton of Netflix, a ton of college basketball, a ton of soccer, so – I was complaining and get this, Chris. Next year we're probably having four day school weeks. So I'll be teaching Monday to Thursday next year. Now, is that other... longer hours then? It's an extra seventy minutes a day. But for me, I will take an extra seven minutes a day to have every yeah. other Friday no, that off. Lines up. That I know. Lines so. Up. Oh, and it is. Up. It's Friday off too. Okay, yeah. Wow. Friday's off. Yeah, it's an extra seventy minutes. And some people are like, I don't want an extra hour work day. I'm like, dude. You get, you get three days off once you get week to Friday. Yeah, once you get to Friday, oh, you'll be okay. Yeah. That Thursday you'll, night's you'll, gonna you'll feel get that okay. Thing right out of your head. Amen. So on that note, the boys are out. Thanks as always for listening. We got a lot of good Big Twelve games and Big East games to break down. We're back next week. We'll see you then. We're out tonight. Peace.